If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Rocks Pile Podcast, part of Fansided Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Kevin Henry and Noah Yingling. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Rocks Pile Rocky Report brought to you by RocksPile.com. My name is Kevin Henry. I'm one of the site experts for RocksPile.com, joined as always by my fellow co-expert and good friend Noah Yangling. Noah, how are you tonight, man? Doing well. How are you? I'm good. Good, good. We're recording this on Monday. It's an off day for the Rockies. They will head to Seattle for two games against the Mariners, and then an off day before three in Milwaukee. Uh, But, no, I think one thing that we need to talk about before we get into the schedule and what's coming and all that stuff, there's a lot of trade rumors out there. You've seen them. I've seen them. We've read them. And I think it's time tonight that we kind of crush some of them when it comes to the Rockies. What do you think? Yeah, I think – I mean, we've we've reported on pretty much every single one we've seen, and we've been – keeping a keen eye out for it. And some of them, you just have to shake your head and like, oh, Lord, there's there's no way on God's green earth that this is going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Also, yeah. Too, the main thing is you have to consider you're dealing with the Colorado Rockies. The, the Rockies are not going to trade people that have tons of service time left. Or tons of control, I should say, lack. Yeah, tons of, yeah. And, and I think that's where the Herman Marquez trade rumors that are out there, I, I have to laugh a little bit about because you look at Herman's contract, you look at how much time the Rockies still have with him with a very team friendly contract, you look at the fact that pitchers are not knocking down the door to come pitch at Coors Field. And I just have to wonder why would any team think other than looking at what happened during the Nolan Arenado trade, let's be honest, but why else would any other team think, yeah, the Rockies will give this guy up. And that, that's the, uh, that's the huge question. And for example, Armand Marquez, are the Rockies going to trade him? No, they're not unless they are just absolutely uh, they are absolutely boat raced in a deal where, okay, some team's going to give us our, uh, some team is going to give us their top five prospects and two major league guys. Okay. They'll do that. But also too, in a way I say that it, because it might not even happen like that because with Arenado, they, 
they should have gotten more for it. And I mean, you can contend, oh, that was the best deal that they could have gotten. But then maybe you shouldn't have signed that contract to him. Yeah. Or you should have built around him when you had the opportunity to do that. Keep him happy. Make sure that this team was actually a contender if you were going to sign that contract and use him to be the cornerstone. Because when the cornerstone's unhappy, the rest of it falls apart. Yeah. And I mean, as it is right now with the Rockies, one of the things that we talked about at the start of the season was, okay, are the Rockies actually going to play a little bit better now that Arenado is gone? Because people in the clubhouse are happier and there's a little bit less tension. Right. Right now, I I think for most people, they're either playing where they were or where they thought they'd be or a little bit better. I mean, right now they're on pace for 95, 96 losses, um, which obviously is not anything to write home about. But there, there were some people who thought they'd lose 110 games. Yeah. But also, too, we didn't think the Arizona Diamondbacks would be just this bad. I mean, they, they're they on pace for 118 losses. The 2003 Tigers have the worst modern record. Well, no, actually, it was uh, it was the 2003 Tigers. They went 43 and 119, and then it was the 62 Mets. They went 40 and 120. Yeah, so, yeah, that's that's not a not good company there. And I think that's part of the reason why the Rockies are where they are. But they, especially at home, their playoff team at home, right. Yeah, and you know we we know how the last two uh, games ended against Milwaukee. Lost leads late. You know it could have been a seven zero homestand, but that's a coulda woulda shoulda thing. But I I think that we've got to look at some real simple th- things whenever it comes to the trade deadline. Number one, teams are going to call their teams and say, "Is this guy available?" They've done that with every player you can imagine. You know, I have no doubt that somebody has asked the Angels if Mike Trout was available whenever the Angels weren't going to the postseason. I have no doubt. And they aren't going to the postseason this year either. And he's injured. And guess what? Teams are still interested. Absolutely they are. You know, so just because a a team is interested and calls a team doesn't mean that that team is going to say yes or even listen to it past laughing and hanging up the phone. And I think that's where we are with Marquez. Uh, You know, obviously, we don't really have good insight with Bill Schmidt. We don't have good insight with what's going on inside the front office. You know, let's be honest. No, we don't even have good insight with what the clubhouse feel looks like right now because we still can't go in because of COVID and Major League Baseball restrictions. But we know, as you said, this is a team that when Nolan left, the face of it changed, the personality of it changed a little bit. It became a younger team. Uh, you know, the Knox, the MVP chain, all these things kind of came into existence. And, and, but Herman Marquez is going to be that guy moving forward. Now, should the Rockies trade him if they get an absolute haul in, as you mentioned? Absolutely. And, and, and I think that that's something too. I don't think there's anybody on the roster, anybody that is quote unquote untouchable but I think that there's a lot of guys that it would take a heck of a lot more to get them than others. And I think that's probably one of my least favorite words other than the spring training jargon of, Oh, I'm in the best shape of my life and all that bull. Um, 
I think that's probably my least favorite word because untouchable to me means you turn off your ears. When you turn off your ears, you stop listening and you listen to learn. So if you are, if somebody's untouchable, that means you aren't learning from other teams. Oh, okay. If we were to hypothetically trade Herman Marquez, this team is willing to offer us this, this, and this for it. Okay. We think it's a little bit better. Okay. So, but these three other teams are willing to offer more. So, okay. Maybe then he is actually worth more. You can learn from other teams to see what they think about your players. If you just completely shut your ears off and you're over in La La Land, you aren't going to learn anything. And unfortunately, I think there's a lot of teams that are like that where they think, oh, well, this guy, he's an untouchable. Well, guess what? Um, That number one prospect, he's a prospect. He, He might become Mike Trout. But Mike Trout was not drafted number one overall in the MLB draft. He was drafted first round, but he was not drafted first overall. And look at the guys that that were ahead of him. There's a hell of a lot of them that are still sitting in double A or have already retired. Yep. Well, and, and I think that whenever you talk about pitchers and Rockies, it's a different conversation than position players and Rockies as well. You know, and obviously we've talked at length about John Gray. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about him in the next segment as well with the injury and him coming back. But we also know John Gray's contract situation, which is completely different than Herman Marquez. So if a team is is talking to the Rockies about Gray, are they going to mention Marquez? Are they going to mention Senzatella? Sure. But I, I think that the Rockies are not going to be – openly engaging with any team on anybody in that starting rotation other than John Gray. Yeah. And by the way, with the point with Trout, he was drafted 25th overall in the 2009 draft. The Rockies drafted Tyler Matzik ahead of him. How did that work out? Well, for the Braves, it's worked out pretty well the last couple of <laughs> last short seasons, but you're, you're right. And, and obviously Tyler, uh, you know, Tyler and Daniel Bard have something in common. Both have come back from the Ips. And also, too, the Indians drafted at 15 Alex White, former Rocky. How did that work out for the Indians? How did that work out for the Rockies? Yep. They're a prospect. There's a reason why they're a prospect. There's a difference between a prospect and a major league talent. Yep. You know, and and I think that another thing that I would be stunned if it happens – uh, I know there has been some talk since Rymel Tapia started his hitting streak, uh, started his you know really hot streak at the plate. All of a sudden, teams are going, "Oh, well, if you need a left-handed bat, maybe Rymel Tapia is your guy," and and all this stuff. Sure, I, I have no doubt teams are asking about that, but I also have no doubt that the Rockies are looking at Tapia and Ryan McMahon as two position players that they feel can be around for quite some time. And I think another guy who is getting into that territory and just three, three months ago or so, in fact, yeah, three months ago, it would have been March 21st. What if I told you that one of the guys the Rockies might be building around for the next few years is Jonathan Daza? It's true. You know, and I remember you and I going through that. Who's going to make the opening day roster? Who isn't? And Daza was on that bubble. We know that, you know, but Kudos to him for actually 
being that one-two punch at the top of the lineup with Tapia, it's worked well for the Rockies. Now, will it work well for the Rockies in Seattle and in Milwaukee? That'll be the million-dollar question. Uh, but this week at Coors, it, it did. And the thing is, too, with Tapia, we, despite how well he's been playing lately, and he has been playing phenomenally, especially at the plate, but in his 17-game hitting streak, he's hitting 442 with a BABIP, meaning batting average on balls in play. The BABIP is over 500. The average is, is 442. There's no way for a 162-game season you're going to keep sustaining at that level. But also, too, he's not going to be playing at the level that he was the previous two weeks where he was hitting something well below 200. Because, in fact, from May 9th to June 1st, yeah, he was hitting 156 in those 21 games. So, obviously, the Rockies would like a little bit more consistency. Um, obviously somewhere in between that is where he is because there's a big difference between 150 and 450. Um, but if they can keep the 300 average or so he's hitting 306, if they can have that for the rest of the year, then he's going to be somebody that they're going to be building around for the future. Yeah. And, and, and let's make it really clear. One thing Tapia is a really good player. Tapia is a guy that I think teams can build around. Is he the cornerstone of a team? Personally, I, I don't think so. And, and I will say that just because, as you mentioned, the BABIP shows that he's not the guy who has been on fire at the plate lately. And he's also not the guy who went through the horrific slump. I think he's somewhere in between, as you said, which makes him a good outfielder. And I think he needs to work on his defense some. That's gotten better, but it still can use some work. And then I, I need to see uh, – essentially, I need to see more out of him at the plate. Same thing with Ryan McMahon. I yeah. mean, last year, he stunk at the plate. I mean, he'd be the first one to tell you that. Yeah. This year, he's – if he's not at an all-star level, he's, he's pretty close. He's improved by OPS plus by like 25% or so. And as we've talked about before, he he is taking he has taken a step or two up from where he was. Now he needs to take another step or two further. Same thing with Tapia, where last year, I mean, he even hit, he was had a higher batting average than he did last year. But this year, he's hitting for a little bit more power. So he's taken a step up, but he needs to take a step further up from where he has been. I, I completely agree. And I, and I think that the, the Rockies have a lot of good role players right now. I'm not sure if they have a guy after this season, you know, because, again, we don't know what's going to happen with Trevor Story. We don't know what's going to happen with Charlie Blackman. You know, we, we know that the end of Charlie Blackman in a Rockies uniform is coming soon, whether that's through a trade or whether that's through just father time finally catching up with Chuck Nasty. It's going to happen. So is there a guy right now that you see on this Rockies roster that three, four years from now you're saying there's the cornerstone, there's the no one? Uh, and, and honestly, outside of Rymac, I'm not sure. 
Yeah. And even with him, I think, like I said, he needs to take a step or two further. And if he doesn't, then he's not going to be that guy. But perhaps Tapia will be that guy as well. It's just what the Rockies, they've seen a few players take a few steps up, obviously, like with Daza. But we need to see it over a longer period of time. Yeah. But I think let's put a fork in the Marquez trade rumors. Let's put a fork in the Tapia trade rumors. Story? Yes. Gray? Sure. Givens? Crone? Chasheen? There's a lot of guys barred. There's a lot of guys on this roster that could be dealt. But I think Marquez and Tapia are not two of them. Yeah. Agreed. Hey, we agree on something. Look at that. It's amazing. Wow. <laughs> Don't do that often, Wink. <laughs> wink. <laughs> right. One thing that we both agree on as well is that we're going to have another segment right after this break. We're going to talk about the Rockies road trip that is coming up, as well as what could happen with the rotation as John Gray comes back from AAA. So you're listening to the Rockspile Rockies Report, brought to you by Rockspile.com. And we are back, Kevin Henry, alongside Noah Yingling, talking Rockies baseball here on the Rocks Power Rockies Report. And Noah, as we alluded to before the break, it sounds like John Gray will be taking the mound again this weekend in Milwaukee. Uh, and that's a real good timing for the Rockies, knowing that Austin Gomber has gone on the 10-day injured list uh, with uh, left forearm tightness. But it also sounds like from Bud Black that they're not as worried about Gomber as initially could have been. Yeah, and the thing I think that will be the worst thing out of this is that at bare minimum, he will not be able to pitch in the All-Star game. Because even if he's back before then, the Rockies will not want him to pitch in it for what's an exhibition game. But... Could he be still named an all-star? Perhaps. Perhaps. And then uh, I, I, I actually wish they kind of did that more where, like, for example, this year with Jack Flaherty, he's got an eight and one record with a sub three RA and he got injured. He was on his way to an all-star season. He probably won't be named an all-star though, but why not name him an all-star? Because a, he was on pace to be an all-star and B you can replace him with somebody else on the roster anyway. So it's not like he's taking up a roster spot. Yep. So I perhaps that could still happen with Gomber. Um, it doesn't sound like it's going to be too catastrophic of an injury. But the problem, I think, with the Rockies rotation with that happening is that Chichi Gonzalez is still in the rotation. And he, yep. let's be honest, has definitely faltered here in the last month or so. Yeah, and we know that uh, in Seattle it will be Freeland and Marquez uh, for the Tuesday and Wednesday matchups. Milwaukee gets a little bit dicey because you've got the off day in there. You're not sure how Bud Black will kind of arrange the rotation uh, there with that off day. And then knowing, of course, that the Rockies come immediately back uh, to keep the NL Central theme going with the Pirates and Cardinals at Coors Field. So, you know, John Gray, uh, from all accounts, Looked good, no issues in the AAA start, only needed one AAA start, uh, so sounds like he will be ready in Milwaukee. And Noah, as you and I were discussing, there's no reason to activate him any earlier than that because the Rockies are going to need a bullpen arm uh, in Seattle. Yeah, and especially with the night game 
then being followed by a day game, they're going to need it because it's less time for the relievers to get used to Seattle. And who knows, with the way Freeland is pitching lately, they might have to pitch six, seven innings in relief. And I and I have to say, I was thinking that same exact thing. Uh, if if Kyle struggles in Seattle, you know, and and as we talked about in our previous podcast, Kyle's done relatively well historically pitching against the Mariners in Seattle. Uh, and if he struggles in this start as he has since he came back, I, I think people are going to really start wondering what it's going to take for Kyle Freeland to get right, and if that's going to include a trip down to AAA. Yeah, and he does have two minor league options. And the thing is, too, I think part of his struggles are part of the reason why, alluding to our last segment, where really Marquez can't be traded right now. Because let's say you trade Marquez and uh, John Gray. Okay, so your rotation is Senzatella, Kyle Freeland, perhaps. He might be an Albuquerque for all we know. And then you've got Chichi Gonzalez. And who's next? Shasin, yeah. perhaps Ryan Rollison. And then you look at the rest of the uh, Albuquerque rotation. And they're awful. I mean, they're just awful. Castellani, eight starts, ADRA. Brandon Gold, seven starts, eight appearances, seven and three quarters ERA. Mujica, seven starts, seven and a quarter ERA. Derek Rodriguez, injured, but in six starts, ERA over nine. Ian Clarkin, four starts, ERA over 10. Rollison has three starts. His ERA is four and a third, which in what I'm going to call the Pacific Coast League, because it will always be the Pacific Coast League, not the AAA West League. That's a bunch of crap. He's got an ERA of four and a third. And essentially, if you've got an ERA below five and a half in the PCL, you're doing a good job. But then like Antonio Santos. He, if I'm not mistaken, he had the opening day start for them. He's only made two starts in general because he's been so bad. 12 appearances, only two starts. He's got an ERA of nine. So who are you going to go to? Yeah, and, and, and I think that's, that's the big thing that we've talked about numerous times is the Rockies' depth is not there. Okay, yeah. I mean, and, and don't forget Ryan Rollison is still recovering from ap- an appendectomy. Yeah, uh, you know, so so he's shelved. It's not like he could step in uh, with with a cape on and save the day right now. Rawls yeah. gonna need some time to work back too. So yeah, pick your poison, Rockies fans. Who are you going to take if you say, yeah, let's trade Marquez, let's blow it all up? You know what? You blow it all up. There's not a lot of pieces left to put in there. And that's the thing with sending Freeland down to Albuquerque. I mean, who are you gonna throw in there? I mean, honestly, the, the guy who might be next on the list after Shasin might be Lucas Gilbreth. Yeah, you know, uh, and it's funny. I was talking to some of the guys in the uh, the press box the other night during the, the Rockies-Brewers game, and we were talking about that Bud Black in, in his managerial history has never been a guy who really loved the thought of the bullpen game, okay? Yeah. You know, he, he likes the traditional starter going in and the bullpen coming in after that. But if the cards fall, which is possible, Bud Black may be resigned to, we have to do bullpen games, uh, you know, uh, every once in a while here for the rest of the season. Yeah. And I mean, with Gilbreth, I mean, at least he has starting experience in the minor, in the minor leagues, but he hasn't exactly been 
lighting the world on fire in a good way in the major league level. Well, and, and, you know, you talked to Lucas Gilbreth in a podcast, uh, you got an exclusive with him while they were in Cincinnati, which uh, definitely encourage everybody to listen to that here on rockspile.com. But, you know, Bud Black has said over and over again that his young relievers need to find the strike zone on a consistent basis. And I think until a Lucas Gilbreth, a Ben Bowden, you know, uh, uh, even a Jordan Sheffield, whenever he comes back, until those guys can prove that time and time and time again, Bud's going to be a little hesitant to say, yeah, you're my starter now. Yeah. And, I mean, even with Justin Lawrence, what have we seen out of him at the major league level? I mean, oh, he's got a cool way to look into, uh, into the catcher for the sign. And he's got that funky delivery, but people are still hitting him. There's a reason why his ERA is sky high. We've seen flashes. And, yeah. and, that, and that's what I think we could say with all these, these pitchers. We've seen flashes. But on a consistent night in, night out, there is no Adam Ottavino from a few years ago. Yeah. There is no Carlos Estevez whenever he was on that streak as a closer during the playoff runs. You know, there, there's not a guy like that who can really step up right now. Or even, let's say it, a Wade Davis or a Greg Holland during the playoff runs, whenever those guys were actually right. There's not a guy like that right now in the Rockies. Bullpen. And I'll bring up another name from a way back in yesteryear. And his name was actually brought up in Cincinnati as well. The Rockies don't have a Mike Myers right now. Oh, where in 2000, he had, what, 78 games or something like that. And, of course, they didn't have the three batter minimum at the time, so he had, like, 40 innings. But he had an ERA of sub two. You know else who else the Rockies don't have, Noah? Who? They don't have a Scott Oberg. That is a very good point. Yeah. And, and I think that's, you know, we forget about Scott Oberg uh, just because, he you know, he's been out for so long and battling these clots for so long. But you do have to wonder what this bullpen would look like had there been a Bard Oberg back-to-back uh, option for Bud Black this year. And, I mean, even like Estevez, he started off the year shaky, and then he was – getting better and then the last few relief appearances with the exception of his last one he has been rocky too so i mean uh, bud black doesn't really have anybody to go out there and if you trade gray or send freeland down or trade marquez i mean uh, you essentially you're just asking okay or you're just you're throwing up the white flag and saying okay score nine runs against us have fun. And I know there were a lot of folks that whenever Tyler Kinley came in the other night, and obviously the results were not what Rockies fans wanted with the, the homer given up late. But a lot of people were going, why did you go to Tyler Kinley in that situation? And the simple truth is, who else did he have to go to that night with Bart and Estevez both being down? And the thing is, too, like with Robert Stevenson, he started off the season well, but now he's walking a batter an inning. You, is that what you really want in the ninth inning? Right. So there's a lot that we're going to be watching on this road trip. Obviously, will the road Rockies keep being the road Rockies? Uh, you know, uh, I thought we had a really good article uh, this morning on Monday uh, about the extreme Rockies. Uh, you know, just a reminder of that home Rocky versus road Rocky and what they looked like. Uh, but no, I, I know tomorrow night starting in Seattle, there's going to be a lot of interesting questions being asked. 
How do the Rockies play on the road? How does Kyle Freeland look? Uh, you know, and can the bullpen hold a late lead? Uh, you know, if if they get into that situation in Seattle. Yeah, and it's not like the Mariners are the world's best team because they are not. They they've been awful for twenty years now. There's a reason why they have not been to the playoffs in twenty years, and it will they will not be in the playoffs again this year. They will not. But still, I mean, when you're on the road and you're going to sea level, because I mean, Seattle is sea level. Oh yeah. What are the Rockies going to be like? And now at least. They flew out yesterday, so they have already been in Seattle all of today, which I think that's a good move so they can get more acclimated to going uh, going from mile high to sea level. But especially with the offense, can they get the Coors Field offense somewhere else? I mean, we talked about it when in our Twitter space conversations after each game. Yep. It seemed like almost every single game, the Rockies had one through eight. They they got on base. If they didn't get a hit, they at least got a walk. But then when you're on the road, you can't win games if your offense is getting two hits and you have guys giving up six runs or starters giving up six runs in two innings. Yep. <clears throat> well, and you joke about you know Seattle not being the greatest team. Well, we saw what happened in Pittsburgh with the Rockies, whatever they're playing there. So, you know, the road Rockies, unfortunately, doesn't seem like it matters who they're playing very much. Uh, but we will be watching uh, the road contest this week. We will be, as Noah mentioned, on Twitter Spaces after the game uh, to talk about uh, exactly what happened, uh, what we saw. We encourage you to join us if you're on Twitter, on Twitter Spaces, because we always turn those into podcasts as well. Uh, Noah, any final thoughts before we wrap up, man? Like you said, make sure you, you check those out. And if you want to hear what they sound like, check the previous episodes of the podcast as we've uploaded the last two so you can kind of hear what it sounds like. And maybe, just maybe, we may have a few guests on there to s- and get your or get people's opinions on the team. You can't maybe. Ever tell. You can't ever tell. And, and the good if thing you're is- nice. If if you're if you're a bad person, sorry, you're no, you're no, out. No, you're <laughs> you know, the good thing about the Twitter Spaces is it's also 15 minutes or less. We we hit the high points and uh, move on because everybody's got something to do after the game. So join us. We've lots of ways to connect with you. Uh, certainly, we encourage you every day, every day, new content on rocksfile.com. We'd love for you to check that out. Uh, but until next time, Kevin Henry signing off from my friend Noah Yingling, and thanks for joining us. And hey. Go Rockies. Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt, a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow. But I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but... 
If you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.